Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you have joined us, whether you are here for the first time. So glad you're joining us in person, online, or maybe you're back for the second or third time. Thanks for joining us again. But regardless whether you're newer or you've been around a while, I am so grateful that we get to journey together for a few moments as we continue in our Everyday Jesus series. And I want to start by talking about something I think that you'll be able to relate to. Whether you realize it or not, it's probably something that you have helped contribute to. And, and it's this reality of all of us. It's people tend in our world to be a tad suspicious. Yeah, suspicion is the way of the day, right? Mistrust. Mm. We have a hard time trusting people. We have a hard time trusting what it is we hear, what it is we see. And when we hear something that makes us a little suspicious or we're like, I don't know, we want the facts. Prove it to me. I want evidence. Show me the proof that what you say, that what you are suggesting is reality. And here's the deal. It's not just a culture thing. It's in the church too. And Christians are the same, whether you believe in Jesus or not, follow Jesus or not, or a church going person or not. It's just the world in which we live. And maybe it's always been that way to some degree, but I don't know about you. I feel like it just kind of is getting more and more ramped up. Just the world in which we live. If you don't, if you don't believe so, look, um, the news, that's kind of how the news operates. We're not satisfied for people to just sit in front of a camera and tell us stuff. We want to know, well, how do you know that? How do you know that's true? That's a, that was a big statement you just made. How do I know that what you're saying is correct? And so they give us evidence. Uh, that's what the weather report is about. Right? They can't tell you it's just going to snow. Like, okay. No, they have to show you there's a low pressure system coming out of the Gulf, and it's going to do this and do that. And you're like, oh, okay. Now I believe you. Of course, you know, Snow, are you kidding me? Like, we just skipped winter kind of thing. And so, except, you know, it kind of comes back and forth in March. Yeah, it, it March has a hard time making up its mind. But it's that way every year. It's like we're surprised. I can't believe it. It's like, okay, that's what you said last year. Anyway, we want proof. When a friend tells you a story, what do you often say? Hey, you got a picture? You got a picture? Like, we often say, if it, no pic, it didn't happen. You got to show me proof. I want evidence. And man, politics operates that way, doesn't it? If you haven't noticed, we're getting closer to a presidential election cycle. It's coming. Uh, and we're, you know, a little bit, you know, a couple years away, which means we should see ads starting next week. <laughs> yep. And, and that's the way that's going to operate. Uh, there are people that actually have full-time jobs, and their whole jobs are to be fact-finders. They go around picking apart the speeches, picking apart the claims, picking apart what people say so that they can say, this was right, this was wrong, this was right, this was wrong, and oh yeah, that's the world in which we live. And here's why. Here's why. People, me and you, because I'm, I'm right here with you, we tend to resist bold statements. I want evidence. I want proof. Show me. We tend to resist it when people... Say, this is the way it is. That's just dogma in our culture is typically resisted. We feel like bold statements are arrogant in our culture. <laughs> Who do they think they are saying such a thing? Or naive. Oh, bless their hearts. They don't know what you're talking about. Or how about this? 
It's so insensitive. How could you say such a thing? What about all the people that disagree? What about all the people that see it differently? How could you make such a statement? We, we see it as insensitive, maybe even unloving. And so when we hear people make a bold statement, we look at them and we go, okay, fine, but you had better be able to back that up. You better back it up. You can say that if you want to, but you better come with some proof, with some evidence to substantiate what you're saying. You know, people approach Jesus the same way. They, they do today and they did in the first century. It, it's kind of always been that way around Jesus because Jesus made lots of bold statements and many of his bold statements come in the form of what we have talked about in this series, the I am statements. I am, I am. We've built this whole series on Jesus's I am statements and we'll talk about two more today. Very bold statements. Statements that after Jesus said them, his audience then and his audience today goes, what? You better be able to back that up. That's bold. That's bold. And now looking back in history, we have the pleasure of knowing and believing. Jesus certainly did back it up. But it still, there's a lot to process for many of us from time to time. So let's go there together. Let me talk about the first of two I am statements that are kind of a continuation of one another. They're very similar Jesus says one, and then a little bit later, he says something very similar, but kind of takes it a little bit further. So let's start with the first one. I'm thinking about the time when Jesus was at the temple in Jerusalem, and he was in a heated conversation with the Pharisees and Jews and some of the people there who actually had begun following him, and, and, and most of them had not. It's just very heated exchange. Jesus was making claims that he was from God, that he was sent from God, and that he, in fact, was the Messiah, the promised Messiah, which for some people, they had come to believe that and they're following Jesus, but for most people, they're like, that's a bold statement, man. I don't know about that. That's a lot. I can't believe that you're saying you're the guy, you're the one. And so there's this back and forth exchange, and they're making statements back at Jesus like, well, we're Abraham's descendants, we, I tell you that, you tell us that you're God in flesh and bone. Well, we're, we're connected to Abraham, and then Jesus comes back with something to the effect of, yeah, you may be his physical descendants, but you're kind of missing the spiritual connection to the whole thing. And then they did this whole thing of like, Jesus, you're demon-possessed. You remember when we were kids, we would insult each other's mothers? You remember that? You were kids, like, your mama wears combat boots, or whatever that meant, and that was just like the biggest thing. And that may make no sense to you today, but when I was a kid, I mean, like, you, all that was it. Okay, this is like, felt like one of those things, like, you're demon-possessed, Jesus. I mean, this is just really heated. And here's what Jesus said. Well, your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. In other words, he was saying, and let me tell you something about Abraham. I know Abraham. Me and Abraham are close. And, and Abraham, he, he looked forward into the future and saw this day when I would be here and he believed it would happen and by faith he believed it and trusted it and it made him so happy. He rejoiced at the thought that one day I would be here as the Messiah. Now watch this, they missed the point, I love this. People said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham? This guy's crazy, Jesus is crazy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he's like in his 30s, he's not, he's not old enough. Abraham lived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And then watch Jesus, Jesus said, well, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. And then their heads exploded. 
And the guy over here named Jeremiah passed out. I mean, it was just a, it was, oh, like, why would, what in the world is he saying? For Abraham was even born. I am. And the scripture says that they picked up stones to get ready to throw them at Jesus and stone him to get rid of him. But Jesus slipped away. He was just gone out of there. Caused quite the ruckus. You're talking about a bold statement. When Jesus said before Abraham was even born, I am. Immediately, every Jew that under the sound of his voice knew exactly what he was saying. He wasn't just picking a phrase out of the air. No, that was a specific phrase that connected them back to a moment in Exodus chapter three, way, 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 way back when Moses was talking to God through a burning bush. Really cool and weird and odd exchange. And God introduced himself to Abraham when Abraham said, let me get this straight. God, you want me to go to Pharaoh and tell to let the people of Israel go? You know, the whole Exodus thing, very historically big, big moment. And who do I tell Pharaoh sent me? Because he's not going to want to do this. And, and God said, you tell Pharaoh the I am sent you. So God, Jehovah, introduced himself to Moses as I am. Fast forward. Now Jesus says, before Abraham was even born, I am. You know what Jesus was saying? And they all got it. And they all picked up on it. That's why they got ready to stone him. Jesus was saying, I am the I am. I am God in flesh and bone and blood. I am. That's bold. How could you say that? That's bold. You better be able to back that up. And from that moment on, that's why the Jews started cooperating behind the scenes with the Romans to kill Jesus. They thought it was blasphemous how he possibly could say such a thing. You better be able to back it up. And we have the luxury and the blessing of being able to look back in time and realize, oh, he certainly backed it up because he came back from the dead. And as we say here around here, lots, when you predict your own death, burial, and resurrection, and then pull it off with perfection, just like you said it would go down, then you're the man. We'll just go with whatever you say. When Jesus rose from the dead, he authenticated everything he said, all of his claims, everything he did, and made everybody go back and go, now what did he say again? And what, did, what was that about? They go back and rewind just like we're doing. Because he certainly backed it up. I am. Now, let me fast forward. Several days later, Jesus is having a very personal one-on-one -on -one conversation with his disciples, his closest followers trying to help them warm up to this reality too because even though they had been following Jesus for a while, it was still very new and very hard to accept that this guy that you're eating lunch with and this guy that you went fishing with this morning and this guy that you're telling you know, jokes with and this guy that you're just doing life with and he's actually God in flesh and bone and blood and, and he spoke the world into existence and he created you and he created me and he created all of us dudes here eating on the beach lunch with him. Oh man, this is weird. This is odd. And I'm like, I believe him because he's doing these miracles and, and he's teaching things that no one else could know, but I don't know. And so we're just still struggling. And so Jesus is trying to help them warm up to this. And he said something else so bold that was kind of a continuation of the I am statement. That's what Jesus said. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And that's what they were talking about, is how to get connected to God, how to get to the Father, how to align yourself with God, Jehovah. And Jesus said, since we're on the topic, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one connects to the Father. No one gets to God unless they come through me. That's bold, man. But again, we have the luxury of seeing what they didn't fully know then. We look back and go, well, when you're the I am and you come back from the dead, you pretty much can say whatever you want to say because it's the truth. And they were still struggling at that point because all of that hadn't happened yet. So Jesus was trying to help them understand. And he made this bold statement to kind of put things in perspective for them. And maybe it wasn't until after the resurrection. They, they look back on this day when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they go, no kidding. He was right. So what did Jesus mean by this? I am the way and the truth, the life. What do you mean by this? A lot of people hear this and and think Jesus just talking about how to get to heaven one day when you die. That's bigger than that. There's certainly some implications to all of that, and it's certainly true that Jesus is the way to, to new and eternal life, absolutely. But what Jesus was talking about was so much more immediate for them and for us than going to heaven one day when you die. There was something about here and now we need to know. A lot of people assume when Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life, that he was kind of giving a little dig to other religions and other approaches to God. And he wasn't doing that at all. In fact, that wasn't even the context. There were no Buddhists in his audience. There were no Hindus in his audience, even though those religions existed at the time. In fact, all of Jesus's audience, they were all Jews. All people who believed in God and felt like they were close to God, or at least up until now, thought they were close to God. And now, if this guy's God in flesh and bone and blood, I'm, I'm, I'm asking questions about it all. And so when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, he meant something so much more immediate. This bold, amazing statement. What did he mean? When Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, what he was getting at. And this applies to me and you just as it did to them back then. He's saying, first of all, I am how you access God. I am the way. And when you hear the word access, don't just think direction. Don't think directional, like I'm the way, like a path. The implications are there, yes, but it's really a little bit different. It's, it's more about a relational connection. I am the way that you get close to God. I am the way that you get close to the Father. And when you are the I am and you are sent from God, you always know the way. So Jesus said, I am the way to God. Not a way. He didn't say I am a way to God. He said I am the way to God. In other words, Jesus said, if you want God, it's me or nothing. It's me or nothing. Again, a bold statement. How could you possibly expect us to believe that? Oh my goodness, how arrogant that might have seemed to some of them. How insensitive that could have felt to some of them. How Narrow-minded, some people look and go, I just, I just can't hang with that. In our world of tolerance, how could someone possibly say? Well, when they come back from the dead, then we go, let's just go with whatever they said. Because nobody's ever done that. And claimed what they claimed and then did what they did. Yeah, Jesus is saying, if you want access to God, it's me or nothing. 
let me put it to you like this. Maybe it'll help you process this a little bit more because it could be that some of you are, are kind of pushing back against that in your mind going, man, that just don't fly. That just don't fly in today's world. Look at it like this. Jesus said there was one way to God. That's what Jesus said. He said, I am the way. No one gets to God except through me. That's what Jesus said. But what, what we come to understand in the scriptures, it's so clear, and I see it in life. Even though Jesus said there's one way to God, there's actually many ways to Jesus. If you want to get to God, you got to go through Jesus. But Jesus has many ways that he brings people to himself. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes God will use things to bring people to Jesus. Circumstances, experiences. A lot of times God uses other people to bring people to Jesus. Yeah, there's all kinds of things, even nature. I mean, do you know that one of, and there's so much scripture in the New Testament that tells us that one of the reasons God created the world the way he did is so that we would look at the world and go, I didn't do this, Bill didn't do this, Kevin didn't do this, Sue didn't do this, we didn't do this, how did this get here? And we suddenly find ourselves thinking bigger thoughts, looking up, looking out, and asking questions of a divine nature. This can't be just random. It's too designed for that. It's too magnificent for that. Yeah. And, and, and little by little, God begins to bring people to himself, ultimately to Jesus. So there are many ways to Jesus, but only one way to God. Jesus said, I'm the way. He has access. If you want to get to God, you come through Jesus. That's what Jesus said. The second thing this helps us understand is that not Jesus said, it's not just I am how to access God, but I'm how you get to know God because I'm the truth. I'm the truth about God. I'm the truth about life. And don't just think information, think foundation to build on. I, if you want to get to know about God and if you want to get to know about life, look at me. I'm the truth. Interesting because you and I as human beings, we look for truth um, in all the wrong places. I don't know, that song just popped in my, you know, the whole looking for love in all the wrong places. Okay, It's amazing what your brain will do. And so sometimes I think we do that, right? We're looking for truth. We're looking for truth in all the wrong places or unreliable places. We look for the truth about God and the truth about life, sometimes from our friends. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And then whatever they think, because they're our friend, we go with whatever they say. We look at culture. We look at popular opinion, social media, and they said this. And, 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 and certainly that's got to be true because they have so many followers and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes we look at our own experiences and go, well, I wouldn't do this. And if I wouldn't do this, I can't imagine God would do this. And so, and sometimes we look at ourselves trying to figure all this, you know, well, I got to find my truth about God and what's my truth about life. And really Jesus just, he just bottom lined it for us. I am the truth. And the conversation that they were having was, how do you get close to God? And Jesus says, I'm the truth about God. You want to know the truth about God? Look at me. That's what Jesus said. That's a bold statement, but then when you back it up with a resurrection, you're like, he was telling the truth all along. Yeah, a lot of people, let me just use a side note here, a lot of people misunderstand how the Old Testament fits into what Jesus did. The Old Testaments of the scriptures are the beautiful backstory of the main story that God is telling. And what's the main story God is telling in the Bible and through life? It's Jesus. Jesus is the main story. He's the main character. And the Old Testament is a beautiful, wonderful backstory for the main story. But everything in the Old Testament ultimately points to Jesus. 
everything ultimately points to him. And Jesus came to fulfill everything that was in the Old Testament and he did it with perfection, something no one else had been able to do. And Jesus said, it's all about me anyway. It all pointed to me anyway. And that's a bold statement when he says, I'm the truth about all of that. I'm the truth. And how could you possibly say that? But when you rise from the dead, suddenly everything you said is immediately authenticated as the truth. He said, if you want to get to know God, look at me. See, you and I don't have to settle just for hearing about God and what God is like. We don't even have to settle for just reading about God and what God is like. You and I get to see God in action by watching Jesus and hearing what Jesus said, watching what Jesus did. Yeah, he's the truth. He's the truth. One more. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, how to access God, how to know God, and how to experience God. He said, I'm the life. This life that, that you're wanting, this life that you were created to live, you're gonna fully live it best when you come through and come to Jesus. Jesus' way is the way of life. Jesus' way is the best way to live this life. Jesus. He said, I am the life. It's in him. It's not like I just bring life. I am life. You want to find life. You want to experience life. You want to live life to the best. You want to live life to the fullest, something we will unpack in a couple of weeks even more. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. That's a bold statement. How could you say that? Well, when you come back from the dead, then you can say, I am how life works best. In every area. And here's why that's so important. Because you and I still struggle with that. Because I want to do life the way I want to do life. Right? I got my ideas. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty smart fellow. I'm going to figure it out. Right? I want to do life the way I want to do life. And Jesus says, no, if you really want to do life best, you do life my way. In every way. Do relationships my way. You do your job my way. You do your finances my way. You do um, a conflict resolution my way. You, you make decisions my way. You just live life my way. Well, that's mighty bold. How could you possibly say that your way is the way? Because I came back from the dead, just like I said I would. Any questions? Yeah, it's kind of that. And it's not with an attitude and it's not with an edge. It's just the truth. Now, the reason I have a problem with this sometimes as a human being, and the reason as a human being so many of you have a problem with this, even if those, even those of you who call yourselves followers of Jesus and you are following Jesus and all that kind of stuff, and especially those of you that are not followers of Jesus, and you look at this whole Christian thing and you're going, that's so weird, it's so odd. It's because we look at the statement, I am the way and the truth and the life, and you go, yeah, but what about my way? <laughs> what about my truth? I'm trying to find my truth. What about my truth? What about my life? We get so consumed with my way, my truth, for my life that we have a hard time when someone just says, no, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So it brings us to a decision, doesn't it? When Jesus makes such a bold statement, I am, and if you were in the Jewish audience in the first century, that would have been cray-cray enough for you. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can handle this. You better back that up. But for us, Maybe not so much, but even more this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When nobody wants to point the way nowadays, when everybody's way is okay, when anybody's truth is okay, when you can figure it out yourself and it's be okay, in our world of tolerance, when nobody can say, no, this is it, without causing such a stink, when we hear this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we go, I don't, I don't know about that. 
brings us to a decision point, doesn't it? We either see this statement as restrictive or clarifying. If you think about it. Some of you go, no, that's, that's so restrictive. I mean, I can't even believe Jesus would say that. It just seems very insensitive and unloving and so close-minded. Why, why would Jesus say he's the only way? What about all the people that may not agree? What about all the people that have a different view? What about all them? You going to let you in on a little dark secret? It's kind of sad, but it's true. For Christians and in, in church, secretly, a lot of Christians kind of want Jesus' offer to be restrictive. You know why? We want to come right out and say it. Because we want to be right. We want to be right, and we assume we are. We want to be right. We want to win. We want to be able to look at somebody and go, see, I told you. You should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. I told you. I told you. I was right. Jesus was right, and I was right because I'm with Jesus and Jesus was with me. And we agree on everything. Right? We, we kind of like the narrow focus a little bit so we can draw a line in the sand and go pick. And if you pick right, you'll pick the side that I'm on. Yeah. Until someone we love and care for is far from Jesus. Someone we love and care for is struggling with who God is and how to trust Jesus and how to understand what it means to follow him. Then we suddenly are very uncomfortable with the idea that's so restrictive. And we're like, hey, how can I help them? How can I help them? How can I help them find their way? And here's the truth. The truth is this is not restrictive at all. When Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, not a way, even the way, the truth, the life, it was not a restrictive statement. It was not exclusive. And here's how we know. Because Jesus then turns around and time after time after time welcomes everybody. Includes everybody that wants to be a part of it. It could not be more inclusive. It's not restrictive. It could not be more welcoming. That's what John 3.16 was all about. Jesus said, the famous one, right? The one you see at the ball games and stuff. For God so loved the world. I mean, you don't get much bigger than the world, right? I mean, that's, that's everybody, not just a small section of the world that thinks like you, believes like you, goes to church like you, votes like you, blah, blah, blah. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever. Do you know who that is? Yeah, it's whosoever. Whosoever. Romans chapter 3 does the same thing. Romans chapter 3, Paul writes that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Whoever wants to, whoever will come. Anyone, everyone, it could not be more inclusive. Whosoever is everybody that you don't think it is. Whosoever is everybody that you hope it doesn't mean. Secretly. Whosoever leaves out nobody. First Peter, <laughs> Jesus' closest one, Jesus' closest disciples, Peter writes it like this. He said, It is God's will that no one perishes, but that all come to a place of faith in Jesus. Repentance. Whew. Wow, are you kidding me? It could not be more inclusive. So, this statement, I'm the way, the truth, and life, is not a line in the sand. It's an open door. It's an open door. It's an open door. In fact, we'll see in a couple of weeks that Jesus actually says, I am the door. 
Well, what about people that don't know about Jesus? What about people in other countries and other religions, people in the far corners of, 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 that never heard the name of Jesus? What about them? What about them? Oh, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I wonder the same thing. Here's what to do with that. Number one, if it bothers you that there may be people that don't know, go tell them. Go from a, well, somebody ought to, to I'm a gonna. If it bothers you, do something about it. And it should bother you and it should bother us. And we should be figuring out ways to tell as many people and everyone as we can about the amazing grace of God through Jesus' self-sacrificing love on the cross. Yeah, we gotta tell them. And secondly, God has ways. God has ways. You say, what ways? I'm not God, but God has ways. There's one way to God, Jesus said, but there's many ways to Jesus and God has ways to bring people to himself. And just because you don't know it and you don't understand it doesn't mean it ain't happening. It's not restrictive. I submit to you that it is extremely clarifying. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, you want, you want to get access to God, you want to get to know God, you want to experience God, it's me or nothing. I don't know about you, but that gives me extreme confidence, ultimate confidence in Jesus. This statement right here. And see, and I, I don't have confidence in a lot of things. I, and I am a more of a skeptical personality just by nature, but I have a hard time putting confidence in people. I mean, come on, have you met them? You know what I'm saying? You've seen them? Not y'all, others. And to be honest, looking in the mirror, sometimes I have a hard time putting confidence in the guy that's looking back at me. Self-confidence is, is, yeah. If you're honest, you struggle with that too. You're like, no, I'm a very self-confident person. Yeah, we know. But for the rest of us, as you deal with that problem, we deal with the struggle of, you know, man. But here's the deal. Jesus' statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life backed up with the fact that he rose from the dead, gives me so much confidence in him. And I keep coming back to it time and time and time again. Now listen, I've got questions. I still have questions that I don't have answers to. I have questions about God. I have questions about life. I have questions about the Bible. I have questions about stuff, and I'm sure you do too. But I keep coming back to this. But Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and he came back from the dead. So you can't argue with that. And there's so much evidence and proof to that. And I'm just, okay, so what did Jesus say? What is Jesus' way about? And what is the truth that Jesus revealed? And what is the life that Jesus offers? I'm gonna come back to that. Because Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, I don't know about that, and I don't know how to answer that, and yeah, that bothers me too, and I'm not quite sure about that either, but, but Jesus said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and then he came back from the dead. So I'm just gonna come back to Jesus time and time and time again. It gives me such confidence in a world where so much is fuzzy and muddy. We need clarity. And when Jesus said, I am it, that was meant to be ultimately clarifying so that even though I have questions and even though there's things I don't understand, that kind of clarity and that kind of confidence at least lets me know that I can trust Jesus enough to take my next step with him, whatever that is. Here's the beautiful thing about next steps. You don't have to take them all at once. That's the nature of a next step. You don't have to know it all to take a next step. 
because none of us do. You don't have to understand it all to take a next step with Jesus because none of us do. And here's the deal. You don't even have to believe it all. You just have to trust Jesus enough. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. He did come back from the dead. That's hard to argue with. He certainly backed up. That was bold. I'll give you that. It was bold. But he backed it up. So I'll just take my next step with him and see what happens. I'll take my next step with him. And for some of you, a matter of fact, for all of you, that's what you need to do is take your next step with him. And for some of you, that next step, you know what it looks like? Coming back next week and keep exploring and keep asking questions and keep learning what it means to trust and follow Jesus because it's new to you and you're not quite sure. Hey, you got great questions. Keep asking them. That's the next step for you. For others of you, you you've heard it enough to go, yeah, whew, I, think, I think I'm ready to just embrace that. Then do that. Put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, as the way and the truth and the life for you. Say, how do I do that? Just tell him right where you are, right where you sit, right wherever you're watching from. And just say, okay, Jesus, I get it. And there's a lot I don't know. And there's a lot I don't understand. But you said you're the way, the truth, and the life. And you came back from the dead. Okay, I'll just go with you. And help me to learn what it means to trust you. And help me learn what it means to follow you. But Jesus, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And thank you for doing that for me. You put that in your own words. And I believe a lot of you are taking that next step. And for those of you that have been following Jesus for many years, what's your next step? I don't know. You just keep coming back to what is Jesus's way? What is Jesus's truth? What did Jesus say was true about God and about life? And what is the life he wants me to live when it comes to my job, uh, my marriage, our relationships, our family, our finances, decisions, pain, joy, all of it. You keep coming back to reorient your life time and time and time and time and time again around Jesus. Because when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and then backed it up by rising from the dead, it's extremely clarifying. Our Father, thank you for that clarity. I need, we need, the world needs that kind of clarity. Because the world is so confusing and muddy and, and we have a tendency to drift and come back to, we must come back to what you said that clears it up. We still have unanswered questions. We got a lot of things that we don't understand yet, but you said you're the way and the truth and the life and you came back from the dead to authenticate the whole thing. So we look to you. We look to you as our way and our truth for our life. And for those that are here and joining us online that are coming to that place for the first time, May they receive your forgiveness and your love and your salvation like never before as they are learning their first steps of trusting and following you. And for those brothers and sisters that believe that all of this is true, but have drifted into my way, my truth, and my life kind of living, may we come back and reorient our lives every day around you, the way, the truth, the life. Thank you for making it so clear. In Jesus' name, amen.